Hey, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And welcome to That Colored Pages Book Club. Mm-hmm. That's right, y'all. Welcome back to a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism, written by writers from Colorful Backgrounds. Yes, a colorful backgrounds indeed. And today we will be finishing the novella Neotenica by June Aluchi Lee. Should be like a little little cute little conversation or at the very least a conversation um we'll Mm -hmm. definitely if not do anything else talk about this so (laughs) words will come out of our mouths Mm -hmm. and into this mic i'm feeling very like christmas holiday season wintry cozy Mm -hmm. you know like i'm feeling very hot chocolate and cold weather wait Um, i love that yeah, unless you, you know, live in the Southern Hemisphere. And in which case, I'm feeling very palm tree and sand and summer. Mm. Um, trying to be inclusive. I know that not everyone is in the winter right now. Right. Um, okay, so speaking of inclusive. Well, kind of. I was going to be say, but not really. But kind of. I nice. have <laughs> a <laughs> question. Oh, lovely. What is your question, my dear? So this book is kind of about customizable relationships and it's kind of about expanding the idea of the norm peeping the kind sure, of we'll keeping that. the kind of um mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just have to keep the kind right of. have to keep the very notes. very important words to include yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it made me think as a kind of trampoline jumping off point Mm -hmm. about sexuality Mm -hmm. at first i was going to do romance but i think i'm going to stick with sexuality and i'm going to ask you what does sexuality mean to you oh uh, oh my god fuck that's such a question i know shit um Damn, it's like one of those things where it's like, if someone was like, define water, I'm like, oh my God. It's like, I know what it is, but like, how do I explain it? Right. So, okay. I would say, so sexuality, what it means to me. Yeah, you don't have to say what it is. You don't have to, because that's a very evasive thing to tap down on. Just like right. for you, subjectively, yeah. you know? Okay, like that. I like that. So I would say for me, sexuality is... Definitely. So if we're, if, we're, if we're divorcing it from, I guess, a more romantic energy or orientation, I would... Oh, you No, you don't have to divorce we, anything. Amazing! You okay, so I would say... <laughs> are we stalling? Yes. Okay, so I would say sexuality. <laughs> to me, definitely just means the, like... I kind of think of it as, like, electricity. Um, it's sort of like a current or an energy, something that's, like... That, that kind of hums underneath the surface, but is like mm. has the potential to be excited or activated or something that really just gets you like charged in a way. I and mm. I think that that can show up in a variety of ways, right? I think for some people, you know, certainly just being, you know, just like having sex and like, you know, being exposed to one another's bodies, even just like the visual of someone else's body, things like that can kind of mm. activate that current. I think for a lot of people, though, it also can be other things. Like it can be, yeah. you know, just like kind of the 
the sparks that can show up when you're sort of interacting with someone where there's like at least some level of sexual interest. Ooh. I know for myself, like I like don't, don't brush a hand past mine because like, oh my God. Oh God. <laughs> like that, like Ooh. that can kind of like. Sounds like a, a, a romance novel. Exactly. Like some of those small gestures can definitely activate some level of, of, of that energy and that current, um, that current underneath. I think for a lot of people like kink play and, and, and fetish play and things of that nature, like those forms of sexuality can also sort of be mm. where we find a lot of that spark and that alignment. And I think also yeah. part of why kink is just like, it's just so sickening is that it's like, I mean, just truly when you think of like the, the, the customizing of a sexual interaction and what that looks like, I mean, it doesn't become more customized than that. Right. But between yeah. just sure, like the actual behaviors that people are, exhibiting but also even just like what does this look like what is the space the scene yeah. this moment look like what does consent look like what do you like what it what 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 helps you to feel most aligned in your body during yeah. this type of space i feel like really just lends itself to like oh this is just like permission and imagination exactly i think sexuality for me and at its most lit is when it's like oh like anything goes like it's, it's nothing mm. like ha- like i don't know having sex with or being sexual with Someone where it's like, oh, like, I'm actually not too much. Like, oh, this actually isn't too much. Oh, we can actually do, like, this can actually just be whatever. And, like... Like an honesty. Exactly. And even if, like, some... like I think there's something really true about the honesty piece. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, even if all of our interests aren't the same, at least I know, like, it's a safe space where, like, I can at least bring it up and be like, hey, so I've always wanted to try this thing. Like, what are your thoughts? And, like, I mean, sometimes it's giving very much improv, yes, and. And sometimes it's like... Not for me, but love that. Love to see it. Um, or maybe, you know, down to try this, but like I might tap out, but like let's just see what it gives. You know, like I, I feel like mm-hmm. there's the, the an openness and an honesty, I think, is really what helps to facilitate that. Um and it doesn't again, it doesn't always have to be expressly what we consider to be sexual behavior. I think sometimes, yeah, just yeah. the intimate or tender moments that you just have with someone or with a group of people yeah. can kind of trigger that same sense of energy um yeah i think and also i just think that there's something very very mm, i'm 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 vacillating between saying something like you know there's something very humane or perhaps something very instinctual about sexuality and the expression i think there's a there's a truth there i think there's something it's not something that's logical yeah you know there's like this really good podcaster it's called like the sensual self podcast oh yeah and they have a bunch of different people on yeah yeah i think i've like sent some to you or maybe you just found them on your own i don't know but um you've definitely sent me some i think they have (laughs) (laughs) i think that they um they have a good like there was a guest who came on and kind of made this point about like when you cut off your sexuality and we're not talking about you you know whatever hetero homo ace all those things we're including all of them Mm -hmm. it's like all of it's kind of part of your instincts and your intuition Mm -hmm. it's part of that part of you that doesn't that's not logical Mm -hmm. not to say not logical like as a dismissive but it's that part of you that's very sensual like Mm -hmm. in touch with being alive and senses and it's the same thing that makes you want to eat food frankly (laughs) like that tastes good or like pleasure i guess Mm -hmm. you know what pleases you yeah maybe sorry marcy i cut you off oh no you're good yeah and i i agree i think there's something very 
And I think that's why it can be very daunting, right? It's very vulnerable. Yeah, it's I think very, so. You know, sometimes when you are, yeah, seeking to have sort of these honest interactions with people, folks aren't necessarily on the same page. Maybe they're coming from it, yeah, more from a more judgmental place, right? Like, or it, it's less. It's not as easy to control or or to curate as other yeah, aspects of, yeah. of ourselves and how we show up. And I think in in a society in which we are so sort of conscripted into fitting ourselves into certain boxes and making ourselves legible mm. in certain ways, sexuality kind of presents a chaos that like can feel very like oh my god, like what disruptive? Yeah, if it's for social order, yeah. right? Um, but disruptive yeah. in a way that reminds us of like that this who is we are, phony. right? That this is like part yeah. of. Um, our existence and with the important caveat of saying that like again i think i mean because again not everyone has like sexual attraction or experiences um sort of those like sexual desires in that way but i think Mm -hmm. even if that is the case intimacy yeah like the intimacy the closeness the 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 part of us that wants to explore closeness with others however we define that right um i think is speaks to the same energy that same current i don't necessarily think that they're different so it's not to say that everyone has like everyone is sexual right but everyone has that like i think i, I think it's safe to say need for need for connection maybe? yeah exactly and, and to can express I nuance that the question authentically yes you can what is your sexuality to you mean to you when no one's around oh uh, oh that's such a good oh i love that question i would say <laughs> It's fuck. That is such a that is such an interesting question. I would say, I wouldn't say it's particularly different. Mm-hmm. I think when I'm by myself, I mean, I definitely see it as like a way to express, you know, love for self. So be it through like, like if we're thinking about this like very literally, like you know, like masturbation and things like that, like kind of self pleasure. I think it's like okay, like this can just be seen as like okay like i have an urge i'm gonna get rid of this urge or it can also be seen as like an act of like oh like this is a coming to self kind of moment um no pun intended Mm. but like you know like just like (laughs) um you know (laughs) it's just like it's like a you know we're really coming into ourselves and 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 centering ourselves i mean i know a lot of people where they're like yeah every time i masturbate i do affirmations like while i'm doing it and i've never done that but i've always wanted to i don't know why i'm saying that like that's somehow inaccessible or i like can't do that like (laughs) But yeah, so like, I just, I I think it can still uh, resonate as like a love of self and as just like a sort of like a creativity, right? Or like a certain, or I think that energy can transfer into other things. Like I notice sometimes Mm. when I find myself feeling really in tune with my sexuality or in tune with my sexual energy, I feel like it, even if I'm not doing anything that like is sexual, like it's still, that energy still like informs what is Your what other. else I'm doing? It, it kind of adds maybe an extra layer of 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 of, of passion or just something that kind mm. of like may or maybe being a bit more present. Desire like, yeah. to be. Yeah, there's like a around. it's like an extra it's like an extra boost of energy. Um, so I would say to myself, mm. it's it it, rep- it represents more so like a coming into myself, but also like a f- source of energy in a lot of ways. Um, mm. Be it for creative like pursuits that. or anything else like that. I like that. Thanks, for I like that a lot. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Okay. I had more time to think about this than Marcy. That does not mean my answer will be better. But I do, <laughs> I do want to give the caveat that Marcy did astoundingly, given the fact that they did not know this question was coming. No pun intended that time. But I... <laughs> 
for me, at first I was thinking about the reason I brought up this question is I feel like sexuality is something in the U.S. that's very f- externally defined. Mm-hmm. I think it was Foucault who said like, what, in the U.S. we're obsessed with sex, but like simultaneously disgusted by it. I don't actually know mm. because I've actually never read Foucault. I just absorbed it through osmosis like Harry right. Potter. Right, so <laughs> I don't want to make any fake assumptions <laughs> about my abilities to quote Foucault. But um, <laughs> I do think that there is this like, over external societal valuing of what is and isn't accurate sexuality. Mm. I mean, we know that. We know that's true, actually. And whose sexuality is acceptable and what it should look like. And I think we're all indoctrinated on in that at such a young age that I think it's only till recently that I like had to. And so I'm a black woman, by the way, if anyone was wondering, they were like, Akko, haven't you told us before? <laughs> yes. But just in case you didn't know, that's how I identify. Right. And I think there's a lot of hypersexuality that comes with being a black woman and a lot of, a lot of assumptions about what I want, about what I am in relation to other people, about what I can provide for them, about what's expected of me. And I'm sure other people feel that in different varying regards. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a long time to figure out like, that's what people have expected of me. And I don't think it, it gave me a lot of space to think about what I wanted from myself, mm. you know? And so then I started to think, what is my sexuality to me? And I, I landed on this answer, curious, you know? My mm. sexuality is curiosity about myself and others, this intimate sort of desiring to know like the deep rumblings of myself. There's something, like you said, instinctive about it, but also something kind of divine. Mm. This sort of thing that makes you realize that you're not, you are inhabiting something that is older and bigger than you, you know? Mm. Like your desires are not graspable Mm -hmm. (laughs) to your conscious mind all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of humbling and kind of cool and means there's like so much to explore in it. And I think when I think of it that way as a curiosity expressed towards myself and towards others about what's deep inside of them rumbling and what's deep inside of me rumbling, Mm -hmm. it feels much more like delicious, you know, to hang out in that space. And I think it requires far less of like an orgasmic conclusion, if you could (laughs) say, like (laughs) it's enough to have been intrigued by you and interested Mm -hmm. in the depths of you and interested in the, what you were willing to give the energy you're willing to give in that moment, mm. you know. I like what you said about electricity. I do think there's a little sparky, sparky, boom, boom going around. Right. But you have to be careful with sparky, sparky, boom, because it could be a trauma response. Oh, so, yeah, that's real. Yeah. You know, be careful with sparky, sparky. But I guess what I'm saying is, <laughs> let me stop saying sparky, sparky, boom, boom. That's also like an Avatar reference, by the way, the mo- the show Avatar. But Wait, um, really? Wait, who said that? The- on Avatar. Yeah, remember it's that guy with the eye on his forehead, and they're like, "Not Sparky, Sparky, Boom, Boom." Oh man. my like, god! Yeah. Oh my. Wow. <laughs> Come on, season three. Damn. Deep cut. Shit. Okay. Oh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I I do think that 
I have I've been having more fun. Well, and I and I to be fair, like I'm I identify as a black woman, but I'm I'm pretty androgynous, and I actually don't care that much about gender, frankly. And I never have. Marcy knows. Like they met me at eighteen. Yeah, I've um, never truly cared. Um, and and I not because not because. I get it. Like I get the different distinctions that we all have over the globe. And I get the different distinctions we have about like romance and sexuality. I get all of that. It's just that like, I like, well, I like and simultaneously hate humans, but like when I mm. love humans, I, I just love them like <laughs> for the core of them, you know, mm. for the, the like, you know, idiosyncratic specificities of an individual. Mm. And, and, I think society makes it really hard to say like, I'm going to stake my life on your idiosyncratic specificities. Mm. <laughs> and they're like, what about the social order? What about this, you know, capitalist landscape? Or if you're not in a capitalist landscape, a different landscape. Like there is a transactional value driven aspect mm. to relationships and love that I think makes sexuality a component of, you know, capitalism and social standing. Mm. But I think deep down in it, when we get past our social uh, orderings, it's not just capitalism, by the way, like this, this, the trade of embodying of romance has been around for a long time. Like, I guess what I'm saying, though, is like, if we really were true about what it is, it's just this spark of humanity and divinity and curiosity. It's almost, you know, it's actually, if we could let it, it would be revolutionary. It would mm-hmm. let us know that the person across from us is just, is also just a bottle of, galactic stardust energy <laughs> that bubbles up into their human form yeah everyone's like Akko, <laughs> that is not <laughs> <What's that laughs> but what if it could be right like like what you said about imagination mm-hmm. like what if we could imagine it to be more i feel it i feel it with other people when we get i mean if it wasn't the case i don't think we'd put up with some of the stuff we put up with from other people right. like if intimacy and love and sexuality and connection weren't something deeper, I mean, man, like I said, people are kind of annoying. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's the fact that we all know that deep inside there's something a little bit fuzzy and fun and potential to be more yeah. that makes us worth giving it a shot. That, listen, I love that. Wow. Oh, that's so poetic. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. I <laughs> I love the cosmic yeah. reference. Um, because I do feel like, yeah, in 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 whatever sexual or other or otherwise intimate interaction you might have with somebody, like there is that kind of like it's almost like the like the like the background gives out a little bit. Like there's like a hologram yeah. that's like showing and then it like breaks. And you just start to see, mm-hmm. like, oh wow, like I feel so connected to this person that like it's like it's it's kind of blurring the lines a little bit between like where I start and where they end. Like it's just kind of like oh wow, like, yeah. there's like a yeah. there's a sharedness here. It's not to say we're the same person, of course, but like but certainly there is a something deeper to the to the human condition or the human experience um, Ooh, that like really aligns like us. And I'm like that's so I don't know. It feels yeah, it's like very philosophical. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So. Can I ask one more question? Yes. They're like, y'all really didn't like this book because if you did, you would have gotten into the summary and we're not going to say one way or the other. But <laughs> I didn't I'm not sure if anyone thought that, but like, I mean, just for clocking <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> Marcy's like, you're just giving us away. It's true. But I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. um, what do you think stops us from 
exploring our sexuality on a more I don't know. Yeah, like like I said, like cosmic level, mm. I guess. I think I mean, you know, certainly we can talk about the oppressive pieces like, you know, misogyny, heterosexism, like, you know, these forms <laughs> of policing that we use with one another to like say what is and is not acceptable um, as mm. far as how we would like to connect with others, be it sexually or not. But I think I think it's just I don't I I don't want to always default to being like capitalism. Like I don't I don't I think there's something else. I agree. Right. With you. I, I feel That's, like yeah. beyond just the oppressive, the systemic piece, I think there is Fear of rejection. Yeah, I think it, it's just. It's, I mean, Fear it's incredibly of our ugliness, maybe. Right. It's it's incredibly vulnerable, right? It's incredibly yeah. vulnerable to to go on that type of path with someone or to or with a group or a community, and like, I don't know. I think just there's a piece where it's like, okay, but like, even if this moment, this cosmic connection is happening, like, what's to say that you're gonna remember this tomorrow or like a week from now or yeah. like you know what's to say like. How do I think there's almost or what's like a, to say I'll have that experience? Right. What if I don't get that? What if everybody else or someone else gets this cosmic deep space quantum connection, right. and I'm left with nothing? Right. <laughs> yeah. And this like sense of unworthy, like I'm not mm. worthy of you know. Right. I I, yeah. I think yeah I think that definitely shows up, and also just like. I think there's also perhaps maybe even a melancholy of like, even if assuming you do have this experience, it's like, I mean, like most things, it, you know, kind of comes and goes, end. right? It's going to end. Yeah. And so I think there's almost like a, well, shit, if I never experienced it, then it's like, okay, like it's Gucci versus being like, damn, like, I know, it. I know what this could be. And like, I don't have and that right gone. now, you know? So like, I think, I think there's a variety of reasons, but I think ultimately, I, I think what you're Ooh. saying about ugliness is really interesting because I do think that there is sort of a a bit of ego death that I think happens with this type of connection with someone else that mm. is hard, you know, to fully vanquish or let go of the narratives we tell about ourselves that we, uh, the ways of yeah. very strict, consistent, linear, perhaps ways that many of us come to understand ourselves or contextualize yeah. ourselves. Right. Um, I think to leave that is very difficult. Very difficult. Um, and to, mm-hmm. again, also be very vulnerable. It can also, some, some might use that as a, as a, as a mechanism to enact harm in a way that like, you know, it's very oh, self-protective yeah. To, yeah. to not be so open with people, right? I think it's just, it's it's very loaded. And, I, and I'm never the type to be like, everyone should just be vulnerable. Just put yourself out there. Just do it. Like, it's like, okay, Oof. like that's super like, that literally just is dismissive as shit. But I'm like, if you've ever felt the curiosity to explore, to to to, to maybe... Maybe try. Ha- yeah, just just try. Try or even just like take some small steps that might lead you to mm-hmm. being comfortable trying at some point. Um, at some point. So. And also, you can start like... The, and I think this is why I asked the question about sexuality with no one around. I mm-hmm. think for a lot of people, I don't want to dismiss things like sexual trauma and sexual assault and psychological trauma and all Mm. the things that a lot of us have faced in this imperfect world that is mean. Um, Mm. And that makes it hard to feel safe, safe enough to be creative and explore. Right. And sometimes the wound is really old. Mm. Sometimes it's a child wound and that makes it even harder 
And sometimes it's not a childhood wound and it's also super hard. Yeah. And I think that's why exploring your sexuality for yourself is a really great place to start because when you're alone in a room and there's no one else around, it's the easiest way to feel safe, yeah. you know? And you're like, but I'm not safe with my thoughts. And you're like, I know. Be gentle. Like you don't have to be anything you're not when mm. you're by yourself. And then you realize how many of those scripts are from someone else. Mm. And then when they're not in the room, you're like, oh, wait, I've just internalized other people's stuff. I don't know. That's something to consider. I also think that um, some of the things that stop us, and I think it's legitimate, is the same thing that makes it so beautiful, right? The fact that, like you said, we can't hold on to it. That it's evasive and elusive and bigger than us and smaller than us all at the same time. And and I think that's why people try to own people, mm. you know, try to force people to stay. Because in actuality, and I not to push the capitalism button, but but not just capitalism, serfdom, slavery, mm. all of this is because there's a fear that if I don't control you, if I don't own you. I won't have what I need and mm. I won't have the life I want. And I won't, I won't be chosen and I won't be good enough. I think mm. deep, deep, deep down there, I, every time I've seen violence and hatred at the very core of it was fear and insecurity and, and a fear of mortality, yeah. which I guess goes back to the fear of not being able to hold on to this. And I guess that's why people say things like love, not war, which sounds like, diminutive especially post 60s mm. but but maybe there's something to be said about about accepting that you you can't own anyone and you just get to experience them mm. and you can't even own yourself you just get to experience yourself and maybe with that there's a reverence for the here and the now and you know the elusiveness of it and, and maybe when we think about it from that lens we act differently less destructively and you know, more creatively. Yeah. We are going to go to a break though. <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to completely do a 180 because that's not what the last half of the yeah, we I mean, this is true. I mean, j the most jarring of shifts is going to take place <laughs> when we are back. Um, so look forward to that. That's fun. Love that. Ow. E. Anyway, uh, see y'all in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm done. Yes, we are. Woo. So thanks for sticking with us. Great conversation. By the way, if you want to journal about that, that might be a fun journal entry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also maybe check out Evian Whitney uh, Central Self podcast. But anyway, mm. so speaking of not that, the second half of this book starts off with a chapter called Bonnie, Blythe, Good and Gay. And it's from young A's perspective. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the beginning, we saw young A, young A husband's affairs. Mm -hmm. And now we get to see young A having an affair. Um, so <laughs> there's this black man named Donnie, who's basically the all black <laughs> character that I predicted would be in part two in part one. Like, actually, I've never been as accurate about a prediction as I am about this one. And I remember reading it and being like, 
this man's going to be black. This man's going to be yep. black. And they're like, he's a rapper. And I was like, it was exactly what I thought it was. Yep. And it's just like, the fact that you were so immediately correct is also the gag. Like, the next page was like, yep, Oscar, you're right. I'm <laughs> yes, like, it's what the, next the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. I was so annoyed. Um, so he's basically having a hard time getting like record deals because he's not playing into, I don't know. I apparently him being an atheist is such a big deal in the music industry. I don't really believe that's true, but fine. <laughs> so then one day he's out of, <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like a trend, whatever, you know what, how I feel about. Mm. So one day he's at a rec- record shop and he runs into young a who's like kind of looking at records with her dog, Marlon. And she's also pregnant. Mm-hmm. And Basically, they get into this like flirtatious disagreement about a record that Donnie wanted that Young Gay had apparently reserved, but not reserved with like the store. <laughs> this means reserved it. Like she looked at it and thought about buying it, and therefore <laughs> reserved it in like the mental landscape of her mind. <laughs> and Donnie was like, "Huh?" And she was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Okay, well, probably not, but I just need a sample so I can just sample it." and bring it back and give it to you mm-hmm. or bring it we can meet up and young gay agrees and maybe this is all just a proxy for them wanting to sleep with each other sometimes these things elude me so mm-hmm. i read it very literally but it's very well it could have just been a heightened detentious sexual moment in which they both really wanted each other and this records of some unknown artist was a conduit which it probably is because they are having an affair mm-hmm. and the affair is very descriptive um it describes donnie going down on her which i only mentioned because sexual female sexual pleasure is not often talked about or sexual pleasure of people with vaginas is not often talked about so Mm -hmm. kudos to y'all for putting that in there pretty forthrightly i guess (laughs) anyway young age just given birth so that's kind of puts a damper on the the longevity of their sexual behavior Mm -hmm. although there's really no consequence and we have no idea what happens to donnie at all in the story nor is this from donnie's perspective so Mm -hmm. we don't even know what he's thinking and the book feigns to tell us any more about him okay next section um also they yes what's up so is uh, so are like yaga and and her husband are they in an open relationship or is it just giving very much like we just like sleep with other people on the side and like whatever and don't tell anyone i think it's the second one because I mean, maybe they, they're kind of complacent about everything. So maybe they are tacitly in agreement that they're doing this without ever speaking about it, which doesn't seem like the best move, but mm-hmm. maybe that's what it is. Yeah, because I remember Young A's husband was like, oh, yeah, I like like to get my dick sucked by gay men sometimes. Like, LOL, are you into that? And she was like, I mean, sh- I mean I'm not even like sure. I mean, I guess that that's just going to happen next. Um, but I don't recall her having any like... And open them, conversation right like them expanding on, okay well what does that mean as far as our relationship and like what like are the bounds and all yeah i yeah, don't i don't think i mean it's 2004 in this book fair so i don't think that they're talking about eth- ethical monogamy in the most like recent sense mm. and i don't know if it needs to be said between the two of them because i guess maybe she was like oh so by default if you're going to do that then i'm also going to get my needs met somewhere else and 
we're going to be in a relationship because it's socially the correct answer, right. which doesn't sound particularly revolutionary. <laughs> it sounds like the way heteronormativity has always been, mm. um, maybe except after the AIDS like epidemic, mm. the stigma against homophobia was higher. Mm. And like before the civil rights movement, maybe sleeping with a black man was less acceptable. I, I really don't know. And like, I guess cheating in general is considered bad. But I don't, I guess what I'm saying is I don't see this outside of the parameters of anything else I've ever seen between two people who were like <laughs> fronting like they're in a relationship while doing things separately. And, and in fact, I think like if you went back to like, I can't, this is European history, but it's like, I'm pretty sure there's like different types of love. And it was like mm. almost expected that you wouldn't love the person you married. Like <laughs> there'd be someone else who has your heart. So I, I really don't see how this falls outside the confines of just that's, heteronormativity, but maybe I'm wrong. That's fair. Yeah. Also like random memory, but like remember in, um, we were reading uh, interpreters of maladies and like there was a story where someone yes. cheated and both of us were like, I mean, it just like happens like, LOL, like whatever. And they were both just like hella blase, like borderline co-signed it. And I was like, oh, maybe we should heavily edit this episode, but whatever, it's out of the internet now. So interpreters of maladies, um, if anyone's curious. But, uh, that yeah, we just... have this kind of... <laughs> But by the way, we're not we're not co-signing uh, we're not co-signing the type of cheating in which people get hurt, which is the majority of cheating. Right. By the, way. the majority of things <laughs> do not work out like this relationship that the two of them have, which is why we're throwing so many question marks and shoulder shrugs. Like, we don't know, <laughs> like because most of the time someone's going to get hurt if you guys one don't talk about the open status of your relationship mm-hmm. and two are, are, are having relationships with different people without check with in with each other. Someone might catch feelings in a way that was was or wasn't acceptable. Someone might catch something physically that is or isn't acceptable. Like mm-hmm. that's something people have to think about. When you make agreements with people, <laughs> you have to make sure everyone's on the same page mm-hmm. or else it's a, you know, you're destroying trust between two people and that can cause a lot of cognitive and mental harm to people. I just, we just want to make sure that we understand that there are dangers to cheating that you can't just like wisp away because the human experience mm-hmm. is fleeting. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I'm sure we've all seen the emotional harm caused by cheating. So mm-hmm. We just want to put that out there. Okay. Second book. So we're introduced to this woman named Lisa Marie. She's a child actress and she's often pigeonholed into this role of like a sulky teenager, even though she's 25, which Mm. is like most 25 year olds are like somehow still, (laughs) you know, in sophomore year. And then she (laughs) makes this point for this like laundry list of almost 40 year old actresses who are now only allowed to play mothers and lawyers, which is also very true. Mm. Yeah, like sexism against like aging women, how women in general in Hollywood is just like never changing. Anyway, so she meets Young Gay at a laundromat. Basically, she's in the laundromat and then Young Gay comes in mm-hmm. and Lisa Marie thinks Young Gay is like super beautiful, but not in that n- not in that obvious way, but she's like I would date you. I also want to be you. She's like I'm also gay. And then they start talking about her dog, Marilyn, and why Lisa Marie is gay, which I don't think you need to explain why you like something and not another thing, but they discuss it. And I just kept moving the pages forward. (laughs) Then there's something about racism. She was like, (laughs) 
I don't know. She was like, I wish I could have your name, but people would think that's racist. And I was like, yes, they would think it's racist. So anyways, Lisa Marie also talks about sometimes wanting to kill herself. And Young A talks about her husband often wishing he was never born. And she's like, I guess the point is to hang on, which I don't think that discussion about suicide was a very fleshed out one or takes into account all the components of that feeling and sense. And I also do think as a society, we just walk way too close to the line with suicide because yeah. we like, have no social safety net or in support. After that, Young A has a wasp in her hair the whole time she finds out. Mm-hmm. And Lisa Marie was like, I know I saw it, but I didn't do anything, but I was going to get it if it tried to sting you. So don't worry. And then we learn from the narrator with <laughs> Lisa Marie is fine and she didn't get famous, but she's perfectly fine somewhere doing something. Yep. And Lisa Marie, who, like Donnie, we just never really see again. Anyway, so the next story... So I have, yeah, two more stories. Um, so the first one is called Isabel Adjani. And so this one talks about how Young A and her husband now have a son. So, like, I guess mm-hmm. we fast forward a little bit. They got a son. I don't think the son has a name. Um, yeah, so Young A, her son, and now Young A, you know, and her husband, all that. So basically... The the chapter actually starts with essentially the narrator talking about how Young A, you know, she grew up in South Korea and like she used to go to this like ballet academy before she mm-hmm. like, you know, went to the core of the San Francisco ballet and all that. And she had a friend named Ji Yoon who basically is like, like she hasn't talked to Ji Yoon in like a minute, like a minute, mm-hmm. but she's like, my son very much gives her and we haven't talked in like forever. So like, I know that, like, sometimes generationally when they're your own family, like, sometimes kids can, like, resemble, like, motherfuckers from, like, like just, I don't know, random right, <laughs> extensions of the family tree. But she's like, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, like, my friend is influencing here a little bit just with, like, some of her son's mannerisms and, like, things like that. And so um, we see a little bit of, you know, some some backstory of Young A and Ji Yoon and their uh, relationship and their friendship and all that. And basically, within, whenever they would, like, hang out, like, Young A was, like, just very much not the one to be fucked with. She was like, listen, if y'all come mm-hmm. at me kind of wild, like, it's, it's, I'm literally not count. I'm not waiting to clap back. Like, it's going to happen, like, <laughs> almost involuntarily. Ji Yoon was not necessarily like this. She was just kind of like, okay, like, I'm going to be... Like, was a bit more quiet, a bit more demure, but also, like, could be very potent with her gaze. And, like, you could just tell that, like, she, mm-hmm. like, the, like, you know, there was a lot, a lot going on. Um, right. A lot of unspoken depth. Exactly. So, yeah. So, this is kind of, like, their relationship. And, like, so, the, so, Jiyun's personality, sort of her temperament, is kind of what we see in Young A's son. So, like, similarly, mm-hmm. a bit more quiet, a bit more demure. He can be very shy. And, you know, unfortunately. But also was, like, fighting his bullies. Like, yeah. he really. No, he yeah. was fucking some of them up. Because, yeah, unfortunately, at school, mm-hmm. like, people would, like, I don't know, bully him and, like, you know, say homophobic things. And, like, sometimes he didn't clap back and sometimes he did. And when Ooh. he did... He did. Uh, he did. Um, so yeah. he had to get some of the girls together. Um, but even in all those situations, like, the principal and whoever would be like, Young A and your husband, please come to the school. We must discuss your son. Um, and they'd be like, I mean, yes, should our son have, like, attack right. this other student technically no mm, but like no. low key we kind of take it aside because like i mean y'all did have him fucked up like if nothing else yeah so and y'all y'all not 
saying this to the bullies the way you're talking to young a so young a's son so right so you know keep it consistent be proportional the fuck so Mm -hmm. also this isn't really helped by the fact that so instead of now instead of living in san francisco where young a and her husband were living years ago they now live in iowa city um because young a got accepted into like the writer's workshop caveat there's like a famous writing program in iowa yes like super super famous Mm mm-hmm but also, do we wonder why we've just assumed that this like super famous writing school is in Iowa? Like, why do we? Why does it have so much prestige in a place that clearly, for at least the young age <laughs> son, is like not necessarily very diverse? Is that what does that say about like writing prestige? I'm not. I don't have a conclusion. Yeah, and it's not a con- condemnation. It's literally a question. Yeah, continue. yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure, honestly. I mean, maybe there's something kind of like remote and ethereal about it. If anyone's listening from sure. Iowa City and I'm like being hella just yeah, and I'm just coming out of pocket, like please <laughs> you know, let me sure. know. But like Yeah, email us and be like, actually it's the most diverse city in America. It's super integrated. <laughs> happy and you should check it out sometime. Hey, bet. Yeah. You know, we can be wrong. I heard you. Right. I listen, if I am nothing else, I am fallible. So anyway. Mm. <laughs> Uh, Young A's son is like, you know, growing up in Iowa, whatever, whatever. Um, One day, Young A notices that, like, you know, he has some bruises, like, on his torso. And she's like, what the fuck? So... She doesn't say anything to him directly about it, but she's like, okay, cool, file save. I'm definitely going to investigate this later. So she ends up going to Young A's son's school, like, around the time mm-hmm. that they had recess, just to be like, okay, like, what's going on? Are people, like, putting their hands on my child? Is my child, like, mm-hmm. is something inappropriate happening? Like, what is going on here? And she sees, like, you know, recess opens, and she's, like, outside the school. Her son comes outside basically unaccompanied originally but then like this like tall ass fucking kid had to have been like five nine i think yeah, yeah they're all everyone involved is in elementary school so she's like why the f- i'm sorry this kid is a literal giant she was like like basically this kid walks over to her son and at first she's like hella nervous she's like oh my god what's gonna happen but then basically like the kid like picks up young a's son and like they start like spinning in like a circle and it's like very tender mm. and like kind of sweet and she was like oh yeah wait, what they're like giggling and like chuckling to each other and they like walk off into the sunset and then like Young A was like, huh. Okay. Okay. Mm-kay. I think it reminded Mm-kay. her a lot of her and Ji-Un as well. Mm-hmm. Like it was very reminiscent of something that's a deep friendship, but it's it's more intimate than just, mm-hmm. you know, a, like a social friendship. Right. Um, do you know, like, sometimes you meet someone and you're like, man, I fuck with you heavy, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And so she was like, yeah, like, it's not, I wouldn't, she was like, I, I wouldn't call this sexual, but it's definitely, like, it's something. Yeah, it's like, definitely yeah. a, a deep connection going on here. So she's like, not mad at this. Granted, I still don't fully know where these bruises are coming from. I feel like he's just, like, not very, I feel like the spinning, because the other guy is, they're both the same age, but he's just bigger. So maybe the bruises are coming from the physical contact and he's that, just not as strong. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, and But he doesn't like want it to stop. So he's just like accepting the bruising. Although, I mean, at that I think someone could be like, all right, I, we get it. But everyone be gentle. You know, what I mean? <laughs> There's a way to navigate the situation, but I don't know. Maybe it's fine. Maybe I'm too sensitive. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's real. Yeah, so that's basically that story. And the last one is fairly quick. It's called The Dingo. Mm. I'm not going to hold you. Um, I <laughs> it don't, didn't hold us. I, <laughs> I just... <laughs> Sorry. So basically, it's just... A st- so 
It basically is the story of how Young A and her husband ended up getting their dog, Maryland, which is who, who's been mentioned for three stories now. And there was just like no backstories where we we're like, oh, I guess we're just going to accept the like with the changing of mm-hmm. time, like, you know, Maryland just entered the picture. But apparently there was like a whole mm-hmm. deep story behind it. Where, whole like, deep story. Deeper than one would say Donnie or Lisa Marie. Come on now. Um, uh, I, but who could I, say? I mean, so. so basically we saw that, like, for instance, Young A's husband's mom had a thing against dogs and she was like mm-hmm. oh like if you have a dog like i think this is when he first started dating young a like she was like yeah like if you have a dog like she'll like you you'll lose attention from young a like i mean you can i mean y- like the affection's gonna go it's gonna be too split and like the husband's like i'm sorry i think i i'm both capable of loving a dog <laughs> and young a and like i don't think it's mutually <laughs> exclusive <laughs> so, somehow like, i don't think these two are incompatible right i don't other. think i mean i know we're juxtaposing young a and this dog but like i just i i don't think it has to be so <laughs> like sparks like so stark there but um right. anyway to be fair, we should note that his mother and her his father broke up and there was this sense of scarcity of affection from mm-hmm. his dad to his mom. So maybe there is this wound of like, are you going to take you focus on this as an excuse? You know, like that, that kind of like in your head thinking about where you haven't had love and kind of projecting that on mm. to her son, but anyway, yeah. continue. No, that's real. And so, yeah, so there's just a lot going on there. Um, we see the process of them, like, actually getting the dog. Like, after this conversation, Young A's husband's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm so fuck around and get this dog. Um, you can have an opinion on that, but it is happening next. And so on the next page, they indeed do get this dog. Um, and it was, like, very complicated because they went to, like, this rescue shelter. But, like, they had to, like, put in all these, like, references. And Young A had, like, put someone from, like, I think, like, what was it? Someone from her, like, ballet school or, like, I don't know, an old job. Yeah, or she I was know, like something, something. She, but she was like, oh, but I don't really know this person like that. And, like, I didn't ask them if I could use them as a reference. So, like, hopefully they don't call them. And then she was like, actually, let me, let me actually change this reference to somebody else and i'm like did we need this Neither. level of description <laughs> but, i also feel like they don't have a terrible number of friends these two yeah like people they have people who they who come in and out of their lives for you know one-off sexual romantic or i don't know whatever the laundromat thing was but they don't really have friends it seems yeah yeah i'm not really seeing i could f- be wrong yeah i don't really see friends either um well, you can't even think of a reference for your dog. Like, I would just tell he's got brothers. I mean, right. we know from part one, she's got E. June. I guess not anymore. But mm-hmm. anyway, sorry. I just, it just seemed like a clue. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, well, thank you for that read there. I was just like, we are really describing this reference process. Like, I mean, cool. But yeah, anyway, so they ended up getting this dog. <laughs> They were like, we can name it something like Buttercup. And they're like, yeah, actually, fuck all that. We're going to name it Marilyn because I forgot the reason. So they have Marilyn. <laughs> they're like taking Marilyn back to like the house. Um, Marilyn's like in Young A's husband's lap and like throws up in his lap. And it's like this whole thing where they have to like pull over. And then like Young A's husband like wiped the throw up like on the back of his jeans. And Young A was like, bro, like why? Like, I'm sorry. We're getting back into in the car. We're literally getting back into the car. And you just wiped it on. <sighs> So anyway, they get this dog and then there's like a deeper reflection where basically young A's husband kind of recounts this conversation with his mom and is like, you know, basically she's just like, yeah, like, well, I'm, you know, why would you ever get a dog? It's just going to like grow old and it's going to die and it's never going to be a person. It's never going to like, it doesn't bring you anything like tangible in that sense. 
But then he was like, well, technically, couldn't you make the same argument for like kids, right? Like, it's like, we're autonomous and Mm -hmm. like, it's not like we're born to specifically bring you joy. I mean, we can, but it's not a guarantee. And I'm not sure if like I've, you know, my birth has brought you the highest Mm. level of joy imaginable. And then frankly, I'm not even sure if me marrying young A is going to either do that for me, like bring me joy in that sense. But like, maybe it's Mm. fine because we're just like together. And his mom's like, maybe? (laughs) And Maryland is not pressed about any of this she's just like i mean where are my cables and bits y'all got me fucked up like i got me thrown up in this goddamn car like girl can i get home so and that's like literally the end like i wish i like there's no that that is the end that's like it. that's just Marilyn being like carried off into the car of young a and her husband and yeah, yeah that's basically it so yes so we're gonna take a break um and then we're gonna get into <laughs> our thoughts and our feelings and we're back and our cool so Initially, I was like, I don't care for this book. And I probably maybe feel the same way, but I think it's more like a neutral. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't care for or against this book. I do think they have a good point at the end. You know, sometimes we over-romanticize life. Look, whether you romanticize life or not, you're going to have to live it till you're not living it anymore. And I think that's young A's husband's point. And maybe I'll just find the slight joys where they lie instead of needing everything to satisfy me Mm -hmm. maybe that's also a trauma response maybe it's a lack of effort i don't know i cannot tell you but what i do know is young a's husband's gonna live young a is gonna live me and marcy are gonna live Mm -hmm. and whatever the conclusion is about it maybe we'll find out at the end if it suits us so there's this there's a certain truth to that that i found yeah good i guess i liked it yeah I had a tough time with the characterization of the people not in the relationship Mm. with young A and young K's husband. I mean, I don't really want to touch on the Donnie point again because I think we already touched on it, but feels like Donnie's only point. I mean, even Lisa Marie has some characterization about her and her inner thoughts and monologues Mm -hmm. donnie's is mostly just there to tell us that young a is someone people are attracted to and that's not what black people are for black people are Mm -hmm. not for deciding what your masculinity is or isn't they're not for a metric of uh, desirability in the u.s and i'm just gonna take this like outside of this book for a second because i actually don't blame this book for this i think this is just the american u.s ethos mm-hmm. where like the black gaze is meant to serve somebody else <laughs> whether it's mm-hmm. desirability whether it's an idea of masculinity whether it's an idea of culture or cool i don't know how to say this anymore specifically but black people are people (laughs) so (laughs) we're nuanced individuals who have thoughts and feelings okay so part one Mm -hmm. i gave it up in the air and i said maybe it won't be in the second part but it is and it's frustrating same thing with lisa marie i don't know entirely what that was all about 
Mm. It was fine. It was beautifully, look, the book's beautifully written, right? It's like a very like, it feels like sitting in a cafe when it's raining outside, drinking mm. a coffee. The other thing that just like bothers me a little bit is how beautiful young A has to be in the story. Mm. I guess I just worry about the need for womanhood to be intrinsically paired with beauty and mm. gorgeousness. Young A's husband, they say specifically, is not gorgeous. <laughs> right. Um, he's allowed to be quite ugly. Or I don't know, maybe he's not ugly, but the book describes him very lacklusterly. And that's not a particularly, it's not particularly essential to his personality. But they just kept telling us how beautiful young A was. Everyone, you're just like, I get it. She's beautiful. Like, why, why does that need to be a center focus? Is it because that's what we're, the nexus of womanhood is around, you know, mm. here? And that could be a deep read that's a little further than the book was trying to go. So I'll pull back. But I just, I'm going to pin it because I feel like pinning it. Okay. How about you, Marcy? What did you think? Yeah. Um, no, thank you for saying that. I definitely feel you there. Um, this book is really... It's interesting. I similarly finished it and was like, cool! Like, I didn't really have, like, a deep, like, oh, these like it's making me reflect on this, or, like, you know, it, 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 I, I kind of was just like, okay, like, that was an experience. I experienced that it was... It, you know it was good i mean i will say i being honest i definitely prefer part one i didn't necessarily love part two i felt like it was kind of like a little bit meandering at points um i would have loved like i just I, I think i had a hard time placing why certain stories were in it like i was like for example the story where like we finally see that like you know young gay and her husband like have a son and like oh like this is who your son is i'm like oh this is like really interesting like i would actually love to like see more here or like you know just kind of explore that but it, it, it's almost as if like the son lisa marie donnie and maryland are of, of like similar <laughs> levels of relevancy so they each got a story and i'm like i'm sorry i just I just feel like y'all having a son should be, I don't know, like, isn't that, like, a bit more substantive or at the very least longer lasting than, like, fucking Donnie and Lisa Marie? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, it was just Or very... even Marilyn? <laughs> right. And, and, and I think I just, I, I realized it felt, I think part of why I, like, and I, I'm not sure if I would say struggle, but, like, it was just a bit, like, jarring was that i'm like oh like i feel like it's like there's an investment into characters and they just literally never come up again like oh yeah. boy from part one who like slept with um Nunge's husband like never hear from him again like it just feels like okay there's like these vignettes oh yeah bradley yeah we're the only okay, cons- but can What's i that? point out i i don't mind a vignette i don't like I, what the author's trying to do and i get the premise is like a snapshot of a life it, like a, if you could take a bunch of photographs of a life and like this is like each book is like a picture so like mm-hmm. the first picture would be i can't remember like young a and young a's husband on a date and the second picture would be like bradley and young a's husband in a coffee shop and the third would be like the, the dog at the house and the fourth mm-hmm. would be i don't know the son in the car and you know like i get the snapshot i think what bothers me and I can't put my finger on it. So maybe I don't know what's, maybe that's the premise. I just need to accept the premise. 
I guess I just feel like there's something unfeeling about their behavior, maybe mm. dis- disregarding or inconsequential. Yeah. Um, and I, I get that not everything has to be deep, but everything is consequential. And I mm-hmm. didn't quite get the feeling that anyone was particularly moved by anything that was happening, which feels right. like, it feels like a very cool thing, but it doesn't feel like a very honest thing about being human. Mm. If that makes any sense. And I, Bradley's story almost got there where it was kind of like, almost puncturing through that like banal sort of mm. dare i say cynicism but not that serious right and then like i kind of like that push and pull but mm. that push and pull kind of falls away in the second half right and it's just kind of right. inconsequential yeah and, exactly no I, I i love that and i think that's just it's I think it's especially jarring when like you see and and also I think some of it's just like the character work that you know had to be done in the first part but like while yes Young A and her husband like, yeah like there's this very sort of like blase and consequential sort of vibe like it was nice to see kind of the growth or the progression of their relationship it was nice to also see some moments where I'm like okay there's like some exchanges of intimacy here, you know, where Young A was like, okay, I feel compelled to be honest about my ballet career. Or like, you know, when Young A's husband was like, oh, like, you know, my mom is dying and I'm really nervous about this will. Like, I, you know, like it yeah. just it felt like, okay, like there's moments where we're like emphasizing our support and like, you know, showing something here. But it, yeah, it just, it, I think that what's, what's interesting to me is that it's just, yeah, it feels almost like, yeah, like with the snapshots, it's just, it's like these random tidbits into their lives but i don't fully know why they chose this picture i think that's really what i'm trying to understand i'm like why the record store and donnie why young a at the laundromat like i just i don't see these interactions didn't land to me as something that like i guess mattered enough to be like the chosen of eight pictures you know like i'm just like i that's a good point and even maryland i mean maryland's was like at first, I, I think in talking about it and sort of like seeing your interpretation of it, I'm like, okay, like I, I understand more of the symbolism and the significance of this story. Um, but yeah, I think it just, part two just started off kind of weird. Something else I also thought was fairly interesting was that, and I'm pretty sure this is true for pretty much all the stories. Like we never really got a story where it was like young A's POV for real. Because it's like, I feel like even with like, you know, the first chapter about her husband being beat up on the train. It was like, yes, it's like a, it's like a, what, what do they call it? Like an omnis, omniscient or omnipresent, whatever, narrator. But like, mm-hmm. you're seeing all of like, it's very much clearly focused on like his story and like his life. Whereas I feel mm-hmm. like in the second part, you see people like coming across Young A. It's almost like Young A is just like this yeah. thing that is ventured and sought out and people like, like, cross paths but it's never like oh like young a went to the laundromat while she was at the laundromat she met lisa Murray. you know it's it's, it's yeah. always from someone else's point of view so i feel like it kind of adds this very like it's like this combination of like both an unfeeling energy but also so almost i'm not sure if it's like a like a like a like a, it's like ethereal like i'm trying to find what the word is yeah. but it's just and like, that's what i mean this kind of like un like untouchable so i think the only exception though is the 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 chapter with her son that's fair that's fair yeah but i to to your point which i is well taken the rest of them that's what i'm saying like there's almost this sort of like doll like 
pedestal beauty mm. about her that's you know ballerina esque, which she kind of examines again within with Yi Jun, mm-hmm. but it's not like disruptive enough in the rest of the book to give her like character traits, you know, like yeah. it would have been, I think that the sun, like you said, the story of the sun actually probably should have just been a larger part of the story. I frankly. agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, because you got a lot more of the dynamics of them, how they're sort of kind of Bartleby, the scribbler behavior affects their son and tracks that and how it has some benefits in the sense that they like don't take, society very seriously when their their son doesn't fit mm-hmm. so there's the benefit of that like they don't care which you know that's not always a benefit people have if their parents are more impassioned but there's also the negatives and which you know there's someone kind of comes to them with things and the husband's like i don't know <laughs> like, right I, he's also asking questions <laughs> so mm. so i liked the seeing how the way they were then translated into like a bigger family unit but that's not I mean, that story is just another snapshot of the other two stories. You know, like the other two right. stories actually are longer than than this one. Um, so yeah, to your point, I do think there's sort of this pedestal-y, I don't know, like I said, this, this need for her to be gorgeous and untouchable and I don't, I don't know. I didn't, right. whatever, words, words, words. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you do that. Um. <laughs> I just, I, I, like, I can't stress enough that I'm, I actually am very neutral about this book. Like, I don't, I, the, I want to say I don't like it, but then there are parts that I do like, but I'm still irritated. And I, mm. I feel like part of me wants to give it the benefit of the doubt and say, like, that's what the author's intent was. And, but part of me, like, doesn't believe that because of, like, the black people piece and the, mm. the whatever that was. And maybe two things can be true at the same time. In fact, they are. So maybe there is, like, deep through lines here of mm. commentary. And, like, most things in the U.S., like, doesn't land on certain things, I guess. Maybe that's just life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So I'm just, you know what? I'm going to say this is an exercise and not having to reach a conclusion. And that's yeah. where I'm going to go with that. I like that. But if you have a conclusion for us, <laughs> <laughs> you can reach out to us on our email at thesecolorpages at gmail.com and our website, thesecolorpages.com. And, you know, leave us a comment or, hey, you know, I don't know, to, to tell us a book recommendation. People do that sometimes, and that's mm-hmm. fun for us. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely do all of those things. And if the show brought you any love, light, delight, mm, yes, then feel free to leave us some love wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, I'm specifically looking at the Spotify folks. They let you rate, you know, podcasts now. So if you don't mind leaving us a little rating, we appreciate it. Same goes for Apple Podcasts. Y'all ain't off the hook. You know, like we, we wherever you're listening to this podcast, leave us some love. Because yeah. for a small independent podcast, it is very, very helpful. Also, mm-hmm. if you know someone in your life where you're like, you know what you need right now? This story <laughs> and conversation about 
And however you want to fill that in is fine, um, because I, frankly, I don't even know how to really define what the fuck just happened. Um, but yeah, if you're like, yeah, girl, like, I don't know what happened, but it was a vibe. Like, yeah, like send that to them. And then I don't know, like, uh-huh. just take your phone after sending them the episode, no context. And then just like, I don't know, throw it down a flight of stairs. Um, will that help us grow in our community? I guess. Um, because yeah, why not? So anyway. Um, next time though, we are going to be doing something a little bit different. Um, so like we mentioned in the last episode, we are officially past the 100 episode mark, which truly Mm -hmm. makes no goddamn sense. So in, in a quick celebration of that, and also just kind of taking advantage of some of the end of year festivities and period Mm -hmm. of rest and all that, we're actually going to do more of a, I don't know if we should call it like a tangent episode or like a reflection episode. Maybe like a reflection episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do something a little bit different. So yeah, so we'll do that. Basically, next- it'll just be the beginning part of this, the question, but through the whole episode. Basically. <laughs> like- so we're just, yeah, exactly. But yes, but between now and then, Agra, are there any other things we should leave our listeners with before we head out? You know, if you have a question for us, and if we get this before we record, which is unlikely because we actually record at a very quick pace, um, mm. but send us an email. And if, we see it in time we'll answer it yeah yeah no for any sort of reflections yeah absolutely we would love to see what you all would like to know on our end as well so yeah so send us any questions if you have them so but but besides that until we meet again just remember to stay colorful. colorful